And welcome to another episode of Ignite Your Faith, guys. I'm on location here in Lodgegrass, Montana, on the Indian or the Crow Reservation. I'm sitting here with Darren, who has an amazing story to tell everybody. Uh, Darren, just so you know, I have literally been bragging about your story and how much I wanted to get you on the podcast and get your story out to the world. Um, I feel it's vital for people to hear the testimonies of interaction with God and how people see God and how God works in their lives to bring them to him, um, ultimately, you know, be able, becoming a servant of God. So uh, without further ado, guys, this is Darren, and he is going to give us his testimony. Uh, Darren, go ahead. Hey, man, I want to thank you for having me. Um, well, my story is pretty much just, I guess you could say, like every other believer um, that was having a hard time. I I grew up on the res. Here, on, here in Crow Res, it was had a good life, had an awesome life. My parents provided for me and all that. I knew about God and all that growing up here on the res and and I never really got nothing forced on me. Like I, they never forced me to be traditional. And they never forced me to be Catholic. But um, like my uncle Dwayne, you know, he was kind of like a him and Linda were like you could kind of say our our families our family's way towards God. I guess you could say because they're always in church, and that's pretty much kind of you could say. I knew God. I knew God. I knew God though. I I knew him since I was like. A little guy, you could say, I always knew there was a higher power, but I just never dipped into it. And then, uh, well, and that's that's just basically a little gist of uh, of me, real quick. Here, been here all my life. Um, never really just traveled the surrounding states. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know where, where we're going with this. Which way? Oh no, dude, go ahead. So basically. You're just giving a little bit about who you are, and then you're going to go into your testimony and just start explaining the testimony. Okay. Um, everything that you explained last night, all nine yards, most of the you can. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm 26, here on the Crow Res, and uh, man, life life is uh, crazy, you could say. It's awesome. And it has a lot of ups and downs, but man, ever since I hung on with the Lord, it seems like my downs don't go as low as they used to anymore. They just... You know, if anything, it levels out, then I go up again, you know, then I level up and keep going up with the Lord. And, uh, well, man, I just, I, I, I guess you could say, man, the I wish, I wish right off the bat when I was young, I, I dipped right into it. I wish I would have just hung on to it right there. But I, I grew up and, guess you could say, I didn't really pay too much attention. I just knew there was a God. I knew that, though, but. I didn't really pay attention to the consequences and uh and all that. And uh just yeah, man, just, just like I guess you could say like across America just life just goes along and goes through school and and I and uh I guess you could say I always knew he was looking out for me, even though I I didn't accept him into my life yet. You could kinda of feel it. And Man, I don't know. It's growing up on the res. I guess you could. I don't know if it's like this everywhere else, but growing up on the res, you kind of get introduced to peer pressure and things of that nature, you know. I think everybody has peer pressure, but you guys definitely seem to have a different, a different jib to cut from. 
here on the reservation. Life seems like it's a little bit tougher yeah. than, than elsewhere, unfortunately, which is really sad. But um, I, I know, like, so <clears throat> coming up through here, um, on our way into Lodgegrass, it, it's, it's actually that Lodgegrass exit. There's that white shed that's up there that says Stop Meth. Yeah. So I know meth runs rampant through the entire reservation. Why don't you go into your story about um, your whole vision and everything where you were, you know, you were high and, and what you saw and, and everything. Why don't you walk us through that story and okay. explain that? Well, before I get into that, I guess you could say um, I, I went through school and all that. And I didn't I just messed around at parties with alcohol and stuff. And then it wasn't until after high school I, I, do, I dove into the heavier drugs. And I, I guess you could say, I don't know. I guess you could say that's what that's what kind of really what opened up my mind to everything around, like how the world is. You know, I was really naive. I guess you could say before that, and didn't really understand people, and like I would judge, I would judge real, like real bad, like like someone that was on meth. Before mm-hmm. I did, I'd be like, oh, man, I got meth head, man. What the heck? You know, and I would just have no sympathy or no, I would have no sympathy or just, I would just be grossed out. I guess you could say after I did it myself for a while and after I got on the drug meth, I was uh, just about to turn 19. And uh, for me, I feel like, I feel like I was okay. Or it led me to believe I was okay on it as long as nobody knew, you know. And I was, I felt, I felt okay with it. I so you had okay. this like false sense of security. That false sense of security. I can, I can survive. Like I'm not gonna turn into a, the tweaker down the street that has nothing and lives on the streets. No, I can do, I can get away with everything because I can, I can do what I need to do and still have my fun. Exactly. That's gotcha. exactly it. That's exactly how I felt in the beginning. And. uh I worked at McDonald's and I I was working. I was doing my own thing, but I was keeping it to myself. And then uh, I went through some I went through some stuff. And I just I just after because I think if I wasn't on that drug and I went through those things, I wouldn't I would have been all right. But I was already on the drug. I went through some things. I let go of everything. You know, I let go of my job. I let go of my horses. And I just really. Really started getting into into the drug and and uh, I want to kind of break a second because you just mentioned the horses and that's something that we probably should have talked about. How long have you been doing the horse racing? Uh, I've been racing since I was twelve years old. Oh wow, like for a long time, now. man. Yeah, that's crazy. Supernatural to me now. I just well, growing up, I've been around horses since I was since I was a baby. Maybe that's know? how I should introduce you, Darren, the horse racer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how. I think I'm gonna put you in the description. That's what I'm gonna label you as, Darren the Horse Racer. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how everyone describes me around here, you know. And uh, yeah, and then, well, because and then that's how I, I guess you know I didn't really realize it, but then I just I just kind of started doing my own thing, and and uh, I get man, I honestly believe, man, like I don't want to say it was a good thing, but I don't know if I would have been actually. I don't know if he would have revealed himself to me if I didn't go through everything I went through after I was on drugs, you know. I yeah. Tried to stay a good person, tried to stay morally like clean and not feel too bad about what I was doing. But 
I just know meth is the devil, you know. And yeah. Now I know that it's wickedly bad, you know. And it's crazy to even think I would try to balance it. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I think everybody starts that way thinking with well intentions of saying, okay, I can have my fun, but I can still be a responsible person. I can, you know, I can work, hold a job, take care of my family, whatever. And then it just doesn't become that. It becomes an addiction that all you live for is that addiction. So I, I get why you thought that way, you know. And as we're getting into it, as we got further down the line, I just wanted to get high more and more and just all I cared about was meth and all I cared about was drug activities and all I cared about was my next high. And uh, I can start to see my family start to notice, you know, and it was, I was still hide it though. I would still deny it, act like I was just, I was sick or I was not feeling good or I was losing weight, you know. And, and uh man, I, I don't know how to say it, but um you kind of hide it with alcohol, I guess you could say, act like you're just being a drunk, you know, okay, um, yeah, and uh what, well, and it's the craziest thing is too, is when I first tried the drug, um I was only smoking marijuana at the time, and then um. Uh, like I said, I was going through some things. As I say, I was going through some things. But when I told one of my buddies that I knew, he knew about that kind of stuff. And just like the way the devil works, man, I told him, I said, uh, man, if you could find some of that other stuff, right, I'll try it, bro. If you, if you could find it right now. Within five minutes, hey, it was like, it's over here. Let's go over there and get it. Boom, it happened. And so were you just like... I want to try something different or was there like a, a stress factor there that like, man, I had a bad day. Just give me whatever. I just want to. Yeah, that's exactly. It. I felt like my heart was broke. I guess you could say, you know, and I lady. I, probably. Yeah. Kind of type deal. And, and I just, I don't know. I just wanted to go over some type of edge. I guess you could say I never went over yet, you know? And, uh, and I didn't even in the back of my mind, I knew I didn't want it, but it, it happened like right there. He's like, yeah, it's right here. And I was like, all right, let's do it then. Let's go for it. And then it all started right there. It all started right there. And then as the years progress, as the years progress, uh, I'm 19 going into 20. I'm still, I'm still blind, you know, I'm still blind to everything. And I'm still just trying to do my own thing. And I'm sure there were signs, you know. I'm there's honestly there's there was a few signs I could think of right now. There's one time it was uh, almost Halloween. It was almost Halloween, and uh, I ran out of everything, and I felt I don't know how you could say, it, but you feel like hollow inside, or you feel like you have no no happy feelings at all. I don't know how to explain everything. Just like sounds like a bad case of depression, like almost numb, you know, you can yeah. say, but like hollow. And I was like, man, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with my what am I gonna do with my life actually? You know, kinda of type thinking. And then two two pastors come in. Two pastors come in and uh they said, Do you have time to talk about the Lord? And you know, that's not a sign right there, you know. Right. I I was like, Come on in, you know, I was always I was always trying to be at least like a good person, you know. And they told me about the Lord and they told me about the evil one that runs the world. And if I know what's going on and whatnot, and I said, I, I think I kind of know what's going on and who runs the world and why stuff goes bad, you know. 
because uh like i said that drug kind of kind of let me see the other side of things i guess you could say not not really a good side though you know like you, you know why things are ugly yeah and uh and there's other signs like like uh one night i got in a wreck could have got ejected but i didn't took a whole day's rest the next night my buddy wants to drink i go out and drink and i wreck again like within two days span should have got ejected that time but i didn't get ejected Wow, so you had two back to back intoxicated wrecks back the same the day before and the night the next night? Yep. Oh, wow. Back to back and I was I'm still here and now I like that like right now I feel like more motivated than ever to be a man of God and tell the story and you know, let people know there's hope. Even if you feel like you got no hope and you feel like you feel like all you want all you all you, all you want to do is just be a uh, in your own mind you don't think it's bad but you want to be a bad person you know you want to be on drugs that's bad and yeah but i don't think the intent is to be bad you just want to have fun yeah you yeah, know yeah and, and and most people that i know that ever have been addicted to drugs and i have a couple of friends that i no longer partake that i'm no longer friends with because it has nothing to do with the fact they were on drugs there's just some other things that they they were doing that was stupid and very vile and disgusting and i didn't want anything to do with it but nevertheless they they were well-intentioned people yeah they just it, it just drove them down the wrong path and next thing you know they were doing the things they shouldn't be doing and it, it wasn't just one thing it would lead to another and another and another and another and before you knew it they're having run-ins with the law they're having all kinds of issues you know people not wanting to be around them anymore yeah homeless the whole nine yards yeah so it, it just is a spiraling effect there or a domino effect where one leads to the next and it sets a precedence of a pattern that you can't get out of unless something jolt which actually jolts you forward and, and shakes you and wakes you up. Like in your case, Jesus. Yeah. Like that's how I say, like in your own mind, you don't you don't it doesn't seem like you you're doing bad. You feel like you just wanna please your own ways and please your own self, you know, and you gotta do what you gotta do to do that. And uh and as as the years progress, you know, I'm turning 20, 21, and I'm by this time I'm had some run-ins with the law, and just just I felt like everywhere I went I had a warrant, or I had to freaking check in somewhere, or I miss my I miss my uh it's like a check in with a pro officer and stuff, and it's just real stressful, man. It's just not even a time to feels like you don't even have time to. After that, and it feels like you don't even have time to hang out. You just have time to stress out about your next, about not trying to get in trouble and all that. And man, I was getting at at first, you know, I didn't really care. I didn't. I just all I cared about was meth and alcohol, and I didn't really care about the consequences. I just knew I wanted to keep going and doing what I wanted to do. And uh, the years keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, this is uh the first year. The first year it happens, this is uh, back in 2016. And uh, that's the year I was like really crazy and I didn't really care about anything. Didn't care. 2017, same thing. Didn't care. Uh, 2017, I was 20 years old. Didn't really care. Didn't really care about what anyone thought about me. Didn't, I was, you could say what, I didn't care. <laughs> 
you know, I was doing me and I was loving it, you know, and uh, I didn't care what anyone said about me or what they had to think. I thought I was the man. And uh, as I guess you could say, I got more cocky and I felt like nothing could touch me. And I don't know, man, I just felt like, I just felt like, I just felt like the man. I don't know how to say it, but then I got knocked down. I got knocked down. I, I got humbled, especially when I went to jail. And then uh, my daughter's about to be born and I'm in jail. And I want to get out so bad to see my, now, now, I, now I'm not the man, you know, and now I feel like, oh, damn, I'm messing up. Now I got, now it got me thinking, you know, and I, that I could be touched and I could, there's consequences and stuff, you know. And so I want to get out, I get out. As soon as I taste that freedom, I'm right back, I'm right back to doing what I wanted to do. Thought I was, I thought I was, I just thought, I just thought, oh, man, it's all right. I'm young. And my daughter was born. My daughter was born. And I remember, that was one of the best experiences of my life, though. <laughs> Watching my daughter be born. I named her. Cut the umbilical cord. I did everything I was supposed to do right then. But kind of let her down. After that, I, uh, I, they went home and that weekend there was a big race in Billings and I stayed in Billings and I raced. I did all that. And then as soon as the races were over, I started drinking, started getting high. As soon as the races were over, boom, did my thing. So my buddies, I was like, well, let's go hang out for a bit. Let's go back to the res and hang out. And, uh, we go back and this is after this is after me getting humbled and and me asking god for help and asking him to hear my prayer you know and uh then i get out and then i think i'm the man again then that this might be why it happened and then uh oh that monday then that next day what would have been one week when my daughter was born and then uh, that night, we're still hanging out, still doing our thing. And then uh, the next day rolls around. It's been a week since I see my daughter. Been a week. No, it's been she was born on Tuesday. Been almost a week because they went home on that Thursday. And then um, what was it? And I was like, well, let's go hunting. Let's go hunting. Let's go check it out. And me at the whole time, I just wanted to get high and just drink and I didn't even care if we'd seen a deer or, or what. I didn't even care. <laughs> I just wanted to get high and hang out with my buddies. And as I was all I was thinking about was getting high and and going down the road and and just thinking about just being real just I be I was just being real greedy and real like I don't know how you say it. Just thinking about myself. How do you yeah, say that? Selfish. Being really selfish, you know? Being really selfish and I thinking of all I ever thought about was myself and then uh, going down the road like that I see the cloud the one I'm talking about all the time big old looks like a thunder cloud but like a face like the size of a building coming right at me like right at my car like it wants to like it wants to stop my car like that's how it come right at me like I have this like pictured like in a I've seen it like in a movie 
Like if uh, like the movie, have you ever seen Independence Day? Uh, back a while they, back. Okay, so when they shoot the beam down and it blows up, and then the big fireball and the cloud just starts coming at everybody. Yeah, kind of like that. Just kind of like that. Massive. Gotcha. Can't miss it. Coming right at you. Looking right at my. Looking right at me. Looking right at me. And like the graphics on it, I don't know how to say it. It was like, like I, like I like to say, it was like a, it was like a movie. Yeah, Yeah. it was like, like a freaking movie, man. Stop! Hit my brakes. What the hell? Look at that! Look in the sky! Look in, look in the sky, boys! Look in the sky! I was jumping. I was, I was. I probably could have won the high jump. <laughs> you know, if I competed for it right there. <laughs> or my vertical test was probably, you know, <laughs> yeah, thirty-eight inches max. You know, I was jumping. Hey, I was, I was freaking out. I was screaming, and I was staying with it the whole time, because it, it stops. Look at my car, and then it it, it gets up. It gets up, and then it turns its body slowly. I remember because it turns to the right, because we're looking right at it. Like so, this cloud formed a face. Yeah, no, it was already like it oh, was the cloud already, itself was just a face coming. At you. Yeah, it was just oh. a face coming at us, like, and it. But then, like behind it, looked like the thunder roll. I don't know how to say it because yeah. the clouds are moving so oh, fast. Yeah, I got what you're saying. And then when it stood up, like, because when it it was just a face. Yeah, when it came at us, it was just a face. But when it got up, then its body. Then you can see its body coming up. And it stands up and extends its arms. And I don't know what kind of angel that is or who that is, but I know. I well, don't what know. does your heart tell you it was? I feel like I feel like it was like the gatekeeper, or it was like the, cause, cause to me it all rolled out from that one big angel, heaven. I want to say it was heaven that I seen. Because behind it, and then it was a big stone. looked like a big stone wall. Big, big, big. It, it covered the mountains. It, the mountains, the mountains here, short, short from the Rockies, but they're they're pretty big still around here. They're right up there. Yeah. Covered them. Couldn't see them. Couldn't couldn't even see. Only thing you could see is the valley right in front of us. It covered that whole. That whole range, pretty much, and um, it stands up. And what, from what I've seen, I've seen a bunch of babies coming out from the top of it, and then the bottom was the kingdom, and the kids were out, out playing. That's how I explained it. Right, that's how I said. That's how I seen it. Just a bunch of kids playing, and uh, to me, it looked like it looked like uh, I don't know if you ever. Like, but when your family has a new baby and they say, uh, oh, you met, you met your grandfather in heaven, like one that you didn't get, like they didn't get to meet here on yeah. earth. But that's the way I seen it because, uh, one I seen, I seen a woman holding a baby like this and I figured, man, that kid, he's coming down soon and that must be one of his relatives holding him. That's just, that's just what I felt when I seen that. Yeah. And it was just. So you've got this big, massive stone wall. That goes across and is blocking out. It's so big, it's blocking out the background, the backdrop of the mountains. Yep. And all you can see left is the valley, the actual valley below. The, the valley mountains. below, yeah. Even at that, it was like kind of like a fog, kind of like type deal. Yeah. And then so and then around that, around the brick wall, is it below the? I would assume below the wall, there's there's children. No, it, it was there on top. Oh, on top of the wall. On top of the okay. wall, kind of like on top. 
and it was it was crazy good like as if they were playing like if this was the wall like playing on top of it yeah on top yeah okay. say this is the say this is the wall right here this cabinet yeah but it was like and then those, those the people i'm talking about they're like they're probably big but they're all those white souls are all standing along in straight lines in straight lines like along the wall kind of like a soul count like somebody was keeping count of so, souls no it looked like they look like angels okay. looking at us and just like looking over the edge like oh i gotcha like okay. looking up like like a bunch of balconies i guess you could say gotcha okay. that's what it looked like a bunch of balconies and they're staring at us and and i remember saying i said look guys i think those are our i think those are ancestors of the like looking at us that, that's just what i believe mm -hmm. I, I feel like my grandma was looking at me yeah. and um and uh, one of the funniest parts is uh, my, 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 my one friend, he didn't even get out of the car. He was, he was like, if you could picture seeing God and heaven and everything on earth and your reaction, I don't know. But his reaction was like, it yeah, was like stunned. He, he's stuck. He was stuck. Not he, even couldn't move. he couldn't even move. So he, he saw the same thing? He saw, everybody saw the same thing after, wow. after I pointed everything out. Have, it, any, have they given their lives to God? Uh, my buddy and not they haven't. One, wow. one of my buddies did. One of my buddies did, and then he passed away that same year. Oh, that's horrible. Right, but he, yeah, he he gave his life to God, and he was trying to tell a story. And he was honestly, he was doing everything that I should have been, that I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, he did it right out the gate. Yeah, and yeah. then he, he passed away. I don't know that's how horrible. he passed away, but man, it was a bad time that time. It was, man, it was, that was like one of my freaking brothers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's horrible. We right after that, me and him, we tried to help each other stay sober. You know, it's good. I'm glad you had somebody to lean on, man. Yeah. That's great. And uh, and then uh, then one of the, and then one of the reasons how then we seen a we seen a couple animals, seen a like a buffalo. I I want to say it was a buffalo, but it was all like it was all if you can imagine like a big tall angel cloud and then like uh like a kingdom forming out from its back, like flowing out from its back, like just With coming out. Spread. But its arms spread out and everything was coming out, like everything was coming out from the tips of its fingers through its back, just like flowing out. And, um, and then my one buddy didn't, he couldn't see anything. He couldn't see it. He could not see it. He couldn't see nothing. And I was like, look at right, right there. Look at his hands right there. He follow his arm all the way up to his nose, and then my buddy was like, that is, "Then you could tell when they seen it, you know." They're like, "Oh, I can see it. I know. I can see what you're talking about." My one buddy was just st standing in the car, and he didn't even get out to look at what we we're looking at. And then, as like I said, those babies popped out. One one big baby popped out of the clouds, like like you could just tell it was like a big old baby. Eh? And my buddy that didn't get out of the car after that, he was the one that was stuck. Yeah. That's a baby in the sky. <laughs> and then after that, he just he was stuck on the car, like holding his mouth like this. And he didn't move. How many of you? There was three of you? There was four of us. Four. And every one of you saw the same every, thing? Every one of us saw the exact same thing. That's crazy. And then there's this big hill. Right? We parked on, on this gravel road. And on the side of us, there's this big, big hill. Because of how selfish I was being. When I when my buddy seen that big baby, kind of like, cause it was like above the rest a little bit, I guess you could say. And my guilty consciousness, I felt like, I felt like God was gonna take away my daughter. 
yeah. being, being so selfish, you know. I ran up that hill like I freaking, I ran up that hill. I sprinted up that hill. I sprinted up that hill. I freaking, that's why I ran up there because cause I, I wanted to pray for my daughter and I wanted to pray for my sins. Because I, I knew my, I knew my daughter, man, I knew she was going to change my life when I, when I, when she was born. Yeah. And uh, so I got scared and I ran up there and I had my drugs in my pocket and my money on the other side, my drug money. And, um, were you selling at the time too? Yeah. Yep. I was. That's why it's, I didn't really yeah, care about it. It seems like most people that they do, they get involved in because it's the easiest way for them to stay high. Easy, easiest. Yeah. They don't have to worry about getting it. They don't have to worry about paying for it. And then they can make a little money on the side. So. Yep. That's exactly how it went that year. I didn't even, that's how it went. And, uh, I threw everything out. I threw everything out of my pockets because I felt like I felt like it wasn't an offering. It was just like a more of like a guilt, more yeah. like a guilt thing. Releasing it out. Releasing of your, it. Off of you, yeah, off I threw it off. I threw off my I threw off my shirt, and the whole time I'm praying. I'm 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 cussing. I'm not f f f. You know, like f and f and this, f and that. Yeah. Forgive me. You know, like I was. And like, I, how do I how do I explain it? Is I felt like I felt like he didn't really care about that. I about felt the like, yeah. Oh yeah. I felt like he just mainly looked into my heart right at that time, and he could actually feel like that I was sincere. I could honestly tell you, I felt like he he knew I was sincere because I prayed for my daughter and I prayed for my wife. That's the only, it's the only two people I could think of because I, I love my mom and I love my dad and I love my sisters. Yeah. But those two were my responsibility at that time, you know. You're the man of the family. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't think of anybody else and I prayed and I asked him for forgiveness and I told him to forgive me and I said, Lord, forgive me, please. I'm sorry, you know. Please don't don't take away my family. I'll be a man. I'll be a man. I'll be the man that you sent her. That you sent her for me to be. I'll be that man. I'll be that man. That's what I said. I said I'll be that man. And then, been right there. Before I seen him though too, when I ran, I ran on top of that hill because I seen that baby. I ran up there and I was freaking out. I was breathing hard and I wasn't even thinking. I was just breathing hard and I was like, I, I didn't know what to think. I was just like thinking like, oh, damn, oh, damn, oh, damn. You know, that's all. That's pretty much all I could, my mind could think. And as I said, I was trying to calm myself down. I said, uh, what I said to myself was don't, don't look too hard. I remember that's what I said to myself. Don't look too hard. Just take a deep breath. And, and and see what and see what's out there. I took a deep breath and I looked at all that big old cloud and I looked at it because it was it was starting to like come out this way. And so I turned around, I looked this way, took a deep breath, and I opened my eyes. And then I seen Jesus. I seen Jesus. Eh? I seen him standing in the clouds. He was the biggest one. There was no denying that it was Jesus. He was the biggest one. It was him. So he was standing out. He was standing on top. 
if you could imagine like, like those over the top of the kingdom uh, over the top of the kingdom okay over the top of the kingdom he was standing there like on top of it big big i don't know how just like the kingdom's like this big and he's like yes like the kingdom huge. the kingdom was huge right but he was standing on top of it if you can imagine that and he was standing out almost like he's the dominant one the, the old dominant picture, the, the dominant thing yeah yeah absolutely no i get that and I, and I was right there. And right there, I said, I told my, after that, because I was the only one that ran up that hill. And my buddies probably thought I was, they might have thought, I don't know what they thought, but I just knew I had to get up that hill and say a prayer. And as I got up there, then I, I, I seen God. And I told one of my, because I was like the whole time, I'm sorry, but I was cussing. I, don't know, I said, effing get up here. Somebody get up here right now. I was like right. freaking. I was like the most energy and the most, the most, most everything, most emotions that you can have. That's what I was having. Yeah. Jumped in and I said, get up here, get up here. And my buddy ran up there. And I said, look at, I said, what is that? I said, who is that? I said, look at that over there. And I said, look. And he said, where? I was like, and I told my, I said, right straight effing in front of you. That's what I said. And then he was like, and his face dropped, boom. I said, oh my God, that, that's Jesus. I said, that's God, that's Jesus, that's him, that's him. And then my other buddy come running up, and I showed him too. And we all just started saying our own prayers, you know. And uh, well, I, what I believe too, they, they, say, they say no man can see God and live. But I think we've seen God. I believe, I because be, it was Jesus standing there, like the biggest one standing there, like the biggest. And I on, think he comes on to top. us in a form that we can relate to and that we can see him. That way, because, I mean, if he doesn't, then why would he reveal himself? You know what I'm saying? If, if, it's, if it's one of those things, if it is true that you can't see God and survive, because I, I believe it's talked about in the Bible. Um, but that I just feel like God has to show himself sometimes in certain ways to make an impact on things so that he can go, hey, look, I'm right here. Yeah. I've yep. been here the whole time. Yep. That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. That's absolutely. what you're saying. No, I, I, agree, I agree with that 100%. And, um, okay. And then, um, okay, here it goes. Uh, I seen a bright star, like a bright star on top of on top of Jesus. I don't know if that was an eight, but, but to me. So, I, like, on top of his, like, above his head? Above his head. Him? Behind him, above him was a bright star. Like a bright, looking like a star, but it was so it was like white, pure, like super pure, pure white, white light, pure white light behind behind Jesus on that big old cloud. And as we watched him, you could almost see him walking. You could kind of see legs. That's cool. You That's kind of, really see, cool. but you couldn't see anything else. It was so bright, and it was like you could see him walking, and he's kind of started walking off that. Walking along that cloud, walking along that cloud, then he starts, kind of looks like he's starting to come off that cloud. Sure enough, he does. Then he kind of walks, veers off into the mountain somewhere. And I don't know what that means. I, I got to pray about that. I honestly, honestly, I've been kind of scared, but I don't know why I, I've been so scared, but now I feel like I'm ready, you know what I mean? To yeah, find man. out what Attack that, that thing. Yeah. You know, what that it. meant and what that means and Absolutely. what that means for us. And, yeah, I don't have no fear. Yeah. Jesus, by your side, man. There's yeah. no reason I have no fear. And, uh, That's insane. So you like so it's like a silhouette. 
Like you could see the shadow of him as walking through the light. Yeah, yeah. It, honestly, honestly, it was like a the bright, fierce star, and it was like what you could like see his legs moving, or like because he wasn't like just like floating. You know, he was, no, no, he's he was actually walking. walking. He was actually right. walking. You could see it. You could see him moving. And then um, how it goes after that, it kind of goes off, kind of like into this canyon, and then everything kind of slowly starts. Kind of coming together slowly. Then, then you can see those kids. They all start kind of crawling back. Towards, the babies were. Yeah, they all start kind of crawling towards this one direction, and everything starts trying to close up. And God's still standing there like this, still standing there like this. And I start to walk off that mountain. And I start to walk off that mountain, or that walk off that big hill. And then uh, I stop halfway. And Jesus is looking right at me. And I said, you know what I want. I said, you already know what I want. And my buddy's like, what do you mean? I said, I, you know what, boys? I feel like I'm damned to hell. And he's like, what? Because he knows I want that drug up there. He knows I want to walk back up there and grab it. You know, I know he knows. Said, there's no hiding it, boys. But I said, I was like, there's no hiding it. I said, what? I said, I don't know what to do, boys. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this addiction. I need to get out of it. I knew since that day I needed to get out of it. And I, I don't know how that feeling is, but like, like when your parents, when your parents know, like they caught you doing something, yeah. and you know, and you, there's no he light. He's the father, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and like, have you ever played with matches or like a lighter? Yeah. And your parents know, you know. And, that's that feeling I had. I was like, I knows. And I had to tell him, I said, man, I, because I had to say it straight. I was like, I know, you know, I want that drug up there. And I told my buddies all that. And then my buddy, that one that passed away, he said, you're not damn to hell, bro. You're not damn to hell. And I, it must have been God's or Jesus speaking through him to me, you know? And I just, I just knew I was going to have a problem. Or I just knew I was going to have, from that day, I knew I wasn't going to, Cause like as, as you could say, remember I was saying like before, I all I could care about was thinking yeah. about was getting high. Yeah. And after that, every time I got high, it was like never the same. Like so, you didn't just give it, it all up like instantly. A, no, it was like it was slowly built. Like I slowly yeah. got sober and did all that. But every time I got high, it was like like when Pastor was saying like the when he says, "Oh man, I need a, I need a drink. I need a drink, man." I, you know, when he's explaining how yeah. the, the Holy Spirit yeah. lived in you, every time, every <clears> time, it was like, because yeah, I never, I never felt that before. Right. Before I'd say, all right, yeah, let's get high. You know, and then I would get high. But after that experience, it was stronger and stronger of like a guilt, stronger and guilt, stronger and guilt, stronger and guilt. And I tried to like play it off more, play it off yeah. more, play it off more. Holy Spirit had you. Yeah, and I was trying to act like I didn't care, like I was still crazy, and but deep down in my heart, I knew, I knew, I knew what I was supposed to be doing, and I wasn't doing it. And I feel like, I feel like my talent, my talent started to slowly slip away. My mental, my mental, my mental like health was starting to slowly slip away. And I, I still act like I had it all together, you know. Yeah. But I know deep down I, I was losing something somewhere because I was like, I don't know how to explain it, man. Like, I felt like I was like, I was always scared. 
on how to say it. Like I was always scared because I always I, I seen God, you know, and I was choosing the wrong thing, the wrong way of life. And I just knew, I just knew sooner or later, I just knew sooner or later something was, something was bad was gonna happen, you know. And I, I don't know, and I just kept on trying to tough it out. I don't know why I was trying to be tough and trying to be prideful. I guess you could say, you know. I think a lot of times, so when we have an interaction with God, and people aren't ready to accept their own responsibility or be responsible for themselves. Yeah. See, that's the thing about walking with Christ and being a Christian is Christianity holds you accountable for your actions. Yeah. And when we're not ready to accept that, we're in denial. And when we're in denial, we still try to do our own thing and we still try to rebel, yet we start feeling horrible inside. Yeah. Yep. We start feeling worse and worse and worse until finally you end up giving it up. Yeah. That's exactly. So that, that's how people – and I've had – I've had that interaction with God myself, so I, I get that. I completely relate to that that scenario. So, and um, yeah, I just for another two years, I kept fighting it. I kept fighting it. I never even tried to. The only time I would ask him for anything was when I was like felt like I was gonna get hurt, or I felt like I I could die, or I felt like I was like around a dangerous group of people. Or like, you know, or like a scary night, you know, guns and stuff like that. I pray and I pray to be alive. And but, you know, I think about it now. Like, I was probably praying to stay alive, to be a man of God, but I just didn't know it yet, you know. But I knew I wanted to be alive, you know. I know I didn't want to die and be. Didn't want to die for like something stupid, you know. I think what I was trying to get a point there across a minute ago, and it actually just popped in my head because I was kind of trying to dance around for the right words, but it's submission, submitting yourself to God. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, yeah I didn't do that for a long time. I didn't submit. I didn't. I didn't surrender, and I didn't do that for for two years. For two years, and there was like a lot of things that happened in between, man. Like bad, wicked, bad days, and. Like I said, like those two freak accidents I had and it's like a bunch of run-ins with stupid people and stupid situations and I don't know, man. It's everything. Everything with that life is the gutter. I don't know yeah. how to say it. It's the ugliest, man. I, I can't believe, like, I used to think that was fun, you know? I used to think running around like that was, like, the best. And like, like I said, though, as that guilt, as that guilt built up in me, it's, like, the less fun everything was getting and like the more of a burden everything was being you know yeah and i just felt like i felt like something needed to change but i didn't want to change my ways yet we're almost done yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, ready to go home yeah it's been a long day uh so we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap this up um if there's an important message that you wanted to get across to everybody most important message i could say is just keep moving forward, man. Just take it a day at a time and believe in your prayers because after a while they'll start they'll start being answered like that. And just stick with God and believe in yourself. Yeah, man, I love it. Um if I could add on to that, I would have to say that 
Start paying attention to the signs. Start paying attention the to the signs. The little signs that yep. he's giving you before you lead to the big ones. Because yep. those little ones will take you down the path that you want to go down. Yep. Yep. So, well, brother, I'm glad that you had your a true epiphany and a, a true awakening. And you've come to the, you've come to the, to the Lord. Um, man, you're doing so good for yourself. Man, I'm happy for you. And your, is that your wife now? Yeah. No, she's going to be the. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. So your wife and your newborn and your daughter, that's, that's, that's great, man. I'm so glad that you're doing great. You know, I worried about you when we left. We hadn't been back up here for two years. Uh, and I was like, man, I don't have his number. I don't, I don't have on Facebook. So I don't even know how to get a hold of him and see if he's doing all right. So uh, when we get off here, you have, you have Facebook? No. You don't have Facebook? Yeah, Twitter? <laughs> no, I don't have Instagram? any. I don't have any social media. I don't media. blame you. It's crazy out there. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to have to get your phone number. And I get yeah. mine and do it. We can text and just. Say, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? That way I can also get you the episode over so you can listen to it um, after we're done. But um, other than that, man, I appreciate you coming over here and, and sharing your testimony, brother. It's always good to see you. I love yeah. you, man. I'm, I'm glad to I'm glad to know you, dude. You've been you've touched my life. Like I was getting goosebumps just from your story. So um, <laughs> it, it definitely is profound and, and effective and and hopefully transitioning people's minds. Yeah. You know, this, this show is literally to try and get people to come to the Lord. So. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Um, thanks again for listening, and we love you guys. Peace out.